I think that we have to learn as a firefighting society that we are going to need help from career personnel uh, in the fire station because it's just what what we're doing is, in my opinion, is not a sustainable future. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Leadership in a volunteer fire department doesn't work the same way as it does in a career department. For starters, the officer positions may rotate as frequently as every year. That means it can be tough to develop a consistent leadership culture. My guest today says there's also been a change in attitudes facing those leaders, and it's not good. John Sahatchian has been in the fire service for 17 years. He's the fire chief at the South Wall Fire Rescue Company. Fire District Number 3 in Wall Township, New Jersey. John is a certified National Level 2 instructor, and he joins me now. John Sahajian, welcome to Code 3. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. Is it harder to lead a volunteer department than a career department? I think at times it definitely can be because... Um, you know, we're not paying them to be there. So they have to work on their, they have their regular jobs to take care of. They have families to take care of, and this isn't a source of income. So, you know, it's hard to get what you need out of them nowadays. So then how do we motivate volunteers to do the stuff that's not exciting or fun? We have uh, different programs in our district that are we've adopted, such as LOSAP, which is uh, Length of Service Awards Program. Money gets put aside for you if you make your percentages through the years, and then you could take it out when you're 55 or older, or a little pension. But, you know, I just, I don't think it's enough. It's a different firehouse culture, I think, that we have to change. And let's talk about that. Can you develop a real culture in a firehouse where the leadership turns over routinely? You absolutely cannot. I've been chief of my company now for eight years. I get reelected every year. We don't have a term limit. But most of these towns around here have a term limit, which means they can only be chief for one or two years, which, like you said in the intro, you can't get any culture uh, put out to the members. So what do we do to overcome that then? I think it starts with uh, training and the culture in the firehouse being devoted to serious training. And when I do training for my company, they know to be there at 7 p.m. It starts and it and they give me an hour. 
some of these drills, you go, you know, three, four hours. I think you, you got to hit it hard, hit it quick with good training, realistic training, and get the get them involved. It's difficult. It's very difficult, but I think that's what we have to do is start with training. And that's a culture in itself to continue, you know, through the line officers into the next years. What's different about volunteers nowadays? I think the younger members coming in, there's more sense of entitlement. I think that goes in anything. There's a lot more sense of entitlement. So when I was a younger member in the firehouse, I used to go to every call, go to every drill. I was up there cleaning the trucks, learning the new equipment. The younger 18-year-old kids nowadays have no drive to do that themselves without you know, getting a pat on their back. Or they answer all the midnight calls, and then when they don't get a pat on the back or they don't get you know, maybe appreciated, they, they back off and they, they feel like they are entitled now because they answered all these calls. But that's, that's the difference with volunteering career is they have a choice to make of to come to calls or not and training. You can't force them. Right. And so if you combine that with the troubles that we're having in terms of being able to recruit these days, it yeah. seems like there could be a serious problem. Absolutely, and I'm and I'm starting to see the problem as far as recruitment and retention. These guys getting in the firehouse, they don't know what they're getting involved in, and then we see them for a year, and then they disappear. And the guys you do have, you know, you might have them uh, only a, a little bit of what you used to have. Also, another thing is. People have to work two two jobs now. You know, their wife is working, the, the husband's working, uh, just to keep the household going because of up, you know, costs going up. So that's another thing that we have to worry about, you know, and compete with in the volunteer world. Right, and I spoke with the chief a while back, who said these days people are working further from home which makes yes. it hard for them to respond. But right. even even more than that, he said he spoke to a group of businessmen who said, why don't we have more volunteers? And he said, if there's a fire, are you going to let your employees go fight it? Right. Exactly. And, and their response, of course, was, well, no. And he said, that's why. Exactly. Doesn't this look kind of glum for the future? It does. And it's, and it's actually very scary because... In some of the towns around Wall Township and even in Wall Township, people underestimate, you know, what we do as firefighters. We, we don't get, you know, the, we may not get as the amount of fires, you know, New York City, Detroit, any of these places. But what makes it even more dangerous is because we don't do it all the time. We don't have the same crew on the truck all the time. You don't know who you're getting. You don't know what training level you're getting. And that's in any volunteer firehouse. It's, and it's very scary of what's going to happen in the future. And I don't know if anybody's got an answer for it. I'll be back with more right after this. When that call comes in and you rush to head out, the last thing you're thinking about is your safety. But your safety is all Federal Resources thinks about. At Federal Resources, we work to make sure that every responder is equipped, trained, and ready to come home safely. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. Do you have nightmares about your crew responding to a major fire and not knowing what to do when they get there? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It scares me. And that's a big part of uh, mental health. Being a chief, you know, chief officer in a town like this is at any minute that pager could go off and the the first new engine might beat you there. They might be a, a crew that's never been in a fire before and you can't help them. You know, you might not be there yet. You may be different circumstances. You can't help them. And that's a very scary thing. 18 year old kids never been in a fire. They don't know the difference between a Phillips head and a, and a flathead screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a scary thing. Do you personally find yourself acting like the senior man or the father figure when it comes to major incidents? I do. So I've always said the chief can put down policy. They could do training. They could do this and that. But the senior men who are on the truck, who are the 40 or 50-year members of the firehouse, really dictate the culture of the firehouse, I think. And in our firehouse, uh, we have a very big culture gap. So we have guys who are 50-year members, and then the next guy down is me and a couple other guys, and then we have 18-year-olds. So, you know, we have a very big culture gap. So I'm kind of playing both roles in the father figure, in the chief, in, you know, all, all these different kind of roles. And like you said before, it's very difficult and, and it's and it's getting to be a point of being scary. Now, a lot of volunteer departments have a reputation for being more like a social club. How, how, does, how do we change that, that reputation? Well, our firehouse has made um, strict policies uh, against, you know, we have a zero tolerance for alcohol or drugs and then getting on the truck. Uh, you're not allowed to drink in, in the firehouse where the trucks are. We have a bar that's completely separate. So we've, we've cut off all alcohol around the fire trucks and firehouse. As I speak that, you know, we make these policies, that social aspect of the firehouse was good. However, the public perception was always that it's a social club, like you said, and we need to people to understand that we take this seriously and we're there to do the job that we got to do it. They don't know whether we're paid or volunteer. So you can't show up in the olden days with, you know, beer cans falling off the back of the truck. That's true. Your department is not labeled a volunteer department. My department is a, is technically a combination. We have uh, three careers, staff during the day, uh, 7.30 to 3.30. Are you one of them? No, I'm not. Oh, that now that's interesting. So you're not a career firefighter, but you're in charge of the guys who are. Correct. So when this started, uh, we, we just started the combination this year, actually, in the beginning of the year. So this is all new, growing pains and stuff that we're dealing with. But our manpower was terrible during the day. And by no fault of anybody, it's just like you said before, people working further away, their bosses aren't letting them leave their job. People have to, you know, whether it be a childcare issue, uh, they're just simply not available. And to provide that service to the public, we had to, we had to make a decision to hire some career staff. So how has that shaken out? I mean, do they have a problem with following your direction or is that smooth? It's been pretty smooth. We actually hired two of our volunteers. So they knew how the, how it worked beforehand. So it's been pretty smooth. It's been a smooth transition, actually. So big picture then, 
Do you anticipate a need for more paid firefighters and fewer volunteers going forward? I think that we have to learn as a firefighting society that we are going to need help from career personnel uh, in the fire station because it's just what what we're doing is, in my opinion, is not a sustainable future. And I know some firehouses, volunteer firehouses around the country that have a tremendous turnout. A lot of towns in New Jersey that I'm familiar with are not there. We just don't have the manpower. And, and it's going to come down to making the decision to hire career personnel. And we're going to have to figure it out. Luckily, we've had a smooth transition. We're going to have to figure it out to make it a smooth transition. How would you assess your department overall? Our department is really strong right now. I'm not going to say we have a lot of members, but the members that we do have are very dedicated. We train every Monday night. So our guys are up there. They're up there on time. We train hard for about an hour and then we let them go. And I think, like I said before, that's a big part of it is they know they only have to come up for an hour. It's not a three or four hour drill. You know, we're not wasting their time. We're giving them good information. We go to the fire academy a lot and do live burn training. So we're in a good position. It's just the lack of, of experience and, and uh, senior men that we have coming around is really our concern. All right, Chief John Sahajan, thanks for talking with us today. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. And we put some more information about leadership and volunteer departments on our website at code3podcast.com slash change. What is this? I don't like change. Yeah, you tell them, Stewie. Check it out. Now, here comes your trivia question. How much water can a fire engine's onboard tank hold and still have it be classified as an engine? The Code 3 Bull Session. It's more discussion with our guests on any topic. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's not so serious. But it's only available to patrons of Code 3. Find out what you've been missing. Go to Code3Podcast.com support. Pledge just $10 a month to support Code 3, and you'll get immediate access to all the Bull Sessions in our library and future interviews as we post them. Become a patron today, support the show, and get access to the Code 3 Bull Sessions. Here's the trivia answer. A fire engine can generally carry about 1,500 gallons of water and still be classified as an engine. All right, that's it, that's all for this edition of Code 3. All right, that's it, that's all for this edition of Code 3. Love to hear what you think of the show. Email me, Scott, at Code3Podcast.com. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orrin. Until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com. Code 3.